Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? They're there. There, talk to them. Good. Can I? Yeah. I would love you to. Can I really? You know how I feel. Can I swear? I'm, I'm, absolutely. Ask your friends over here. All right. Fuck you. The rogue of wrestling, Michael Newman. Common problem for WWE superstars. Like, they never know how to react to the lights going off. Like, Undertaker made a career out of that. And the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Why did no one who feuded with The Undertaker over all these years just bring a flashlight down to the room? <laughs> You're listening to the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Can you imagine that? Like, <laughs> shielding his eyes, like, hissing as he runs away or something? <laughs> like, some goth kid. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another exciting edition of the Super Smart Brothers Pro Wrestling Podcast. Alongside my tag team partner, the rogue of wrestling, Mr. Michael Newman, I am the New Jersey kid, Joe Sheehan. Uh, how you doing this week, Newman? Dude, I'm uh, I'm good. Not, I'm a little bit tired, but not nearly as tired as uh, Rollins after that gauntlet match. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he went longer than like most people in the Royal Rumbles, right? Yeah, I mean, he went... Uh, 65 minutes, is that right? I did not get a final tally. I know it was definitely over an hour. I think it was 65 minutes, though. But that's insane. I can look that up while we're talking. Well, either way, he definitely broke the record uh, as far as like a single match in-ring time on Raw. He, he broke the record. Uh, and it's, it's insane, because you know what? Raw has been kind of the weaker show, and just kind of a weak show in general for a while, but this is a really good episode of Raw. Because this gauntlet match is really good. I I have pretty much no complaints. The The only thing, and this is kind of nitpicky, that I think would have been really smart, uh, let me know what you think about this, Joe. At the very end, because it came down to Miz and Strowman at the very end, mm-hmm. and I think it would have been really smart and kind of funny if, like, uh, so with when it was Miz and Balor, the way the end of that is Miz just like gets himself disqualified and just like maybe you know hits Balor a bunch of times with a chair or something like that, and then you know afterwards it's like oh well Miz has been disqualified and then Balor kind of look at him confused and then Miz just sort of like looks at him and like kind of points to his head like I know what's up and then kind of looks at the ramp and then you know he would know that Strowman's the only other guy, so uh... he gets out of the way so that he's not going to get his ass kicked by Strowman. Balor's already injured. And then Strowman's going to come down there and fuck him up even more. So that Miz can be like, see you Sunday. <laughs> I think that would have been really smart. But foregoing that, uh, man, Iron Man Rollins was a beast. Yeah, 65 minutes. 65 right. minutes. And in that process, beating Roman Reigns and John Cena back to back. So then they see the new Chris Jericho. I think he is the new Chris Jericho. Beating the two top guys in one night. And uh, even more impressive, because Jericho, he actually had a little bit of a break in between. Yes. But Rollins had no break. Yeah, Rollins went from one match right to the other. And then went to a third match. (laughs) Yes. At least that one, you can kind of like... I mean, he still went hard, but he could have like shrugged off because he was going to lose. So he just could have been like... Mm-hmm. Let's do a couple of rest holds. Let's take it easy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
after those fucking two performances, like at that point, he could have just ate shit and it wouldn't have mattered. Like, yeah, it was it was so. I mean, this may be way too early to say, but in a way, in my mind at least, for him, this is career defining. Like this mm. is this is like, if if they capitalize on this, this could be one of those things that could be like a career revitalization because it's something. That's that he, the word I was gonna use. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's a better right because he he definitely has already had career defining moments like the WrestleMania cash in. Uh huh. Definitely career defining. Yeah, this one, you, I feel like you always have to wait to say career defining, right? Because, say next week it's already like Seth Rollins back to the mid card, so to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's considered a main eventer, but I've just never gotten that from him lately, at least. Yeah, well, because he's been uh, he's been like in the tag team scene all year, and that's they like never yeah. really treat that shit like the main event. Yeah, even though he was a part of like the Shield doing that. Um, well, but but the Shield that was doing that was him and Ambrose. If if Reigns was yeah. in that tag team consistently, then well, shit, they probably would have main evented half the time. Yeah, I still I still can't believe they had Rollins beat Reigns. I know. Well, it's like it. They occasionally have done that really weirdly because it it was at a uh, Money in the Bank where they did that, right? Rollins had beaten Reigns, and then uh, Ambrose cashed in right afterwards. Oh right, I forgot about that. But yeah, it's very rare because like Reigns has just beaten the ever living shit out of Rollins a million times. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's nice when you get to see that little bit of comeuppance, the turning of the tables there. Huh. Um. And, I mean, we also have to give props to both Reigns and Cena, right? Yeah, definitely. I I think that even more so, too, for Cena on some level, because I think he's... I, I hope they keep letting him go this direction for his character, but he's starting to incorporate more into his character work in the matches, like this level of frustration. And he's, like, yeah, showing a little bit of his like... age, and he's slowing down, and he's getting mad that he can't put these guys away. Well, and think about it, it's it's logical too because he was putting these guys away only a couple months, maybe even a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, shit. Um, last year he was a WWE champion, right? He had beaten uh, shit. Uh, he had beaten Styles at uh, the Royal Rumble last year. Yes, you're right. So, like, yeah, even just within that last year, so he could he could definitely really track it and be like, well, shit, what, like, where have I missed the step this last year? Mm-hmm. It's when I proposed to Nikki. I'm calling off the wedding. Yep. Oh my god, that be that would be hilarious. Could you imagine that? Like, maybe that could be finally how they turn him heel. Oh my god, could you wait? <laughs> what can we have him do at WrestleMania that he loses? Or, or what if he just leaves her at the altar? Well, I'm thinking, what if he like has a match at WrestleMania that he loses, and he continues to show this frustration, and then he finally just goes like, "That's it, Nikki. This year has been horrible since I proposed to you, so mm-hmm. I'm I'm breaking it off." Yeah, I, and so mm-hmm. exactly a year after he proposed to her, he breaks it off. <laughs> Ooh, you know who he'd have to lose to? Who'd be the perfect guy for that storyline? Dolph Ziggler. Because Dolph Ziggler used to be with Nikki Bella once upon a time. So if he loses to the X, loses 
to like this guy who can't even give a shit half the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's bring up uh Ziggler right now. Um the fuck. <laughs> you know what? I I think Dolph Ziggler has finally completely gotten to that spot where like because with the rumors of him him signing this new contract that's like you know, for quite a lot of money and them not really seeming to capitalize on it a whole lot. I think he's just completely settled into the role of you don't care about me as a performer. You don't care about making me a star. But you're willing to pay me money and I'm not going to care past my paycheck. So I will show up. You tell me what to do. I'll fucking do it. I'll collect my paycheck and I fucking leave. Like, I think he's been that way ever since he came back from the injury after he won the world title, and it was, like, really well known that they were just never going to invest him in again. Like, it's kind of been that way, but especially now, because, I don't know. He's there. He can still put on a hell of a fucking match, but, like, mentally, is he there at all? I would say no, because his stuff just feels empty, right? Yeah. I mean, since he's come back, have you been into anything he's done? Well, no, because it's been all over the fucking place. Like, I mean, like we mentioned kind of earlier, and we were joking about it. Like, they, they didn't even fucking bother having his character address even once the fact that he left the United States title. Like, yeah, and like, shouldn't that be a big deal? Like, he literally left the U.S. title, came back, and is now going for the WWE title. Like, it, yeah. I feel like Shane and Brian should, like, punish him for that, right? Be like, Okay, you gave up the you had gold. You had gold, which in storyline, like yes, as Smarks, we always say that the US title is mm-hmm. worth less than the WWE title. But in storyline, the character should be putting them on almost equal levels. And for him to put that down and go, No, I want the other one, with no explanation for it. Mm-hmm. Um like even if he just threw out a simple line of like I accomplished what I wanted to, and now I'm going for the next thing. Mm-hmm. I would accept that more. So, like, I feel like Brian and, and Shane should just, like, punch him for a big, all right, you, you gave up gold to get this other gold, so if you don't get this WWE Championship in this match, you can never go for another championship again. Like, any championship. Right, like, there, sh- there should be some sort of follow-up logic, like, something like that, or, like, isn't it even a bigger narrative failing that, no- like, none of the backstage interviewers... Not Daniel Bryan, not Shane McMahon. Nobody's even asked Dolph Ziggler, like, hey, why the fuck did you come back and just, like, why did you leave the U.S. title? Like, what's going Like, nobody's even asked him. He's just kind of been back, and nobody bothers. Like, because at least if like, they asked him and then where... he just wasn't answering him, then it could be like, oh, well, he's being mysterious. But no, nobody gives a shit. Like, like Jericho when he came in and didn't talk? Yeah. At least, because at least then you're being coy. There's something to that. It's not just laziness. Mm-hmm. This is something where TNA actually did a better job than WWE. It's one of the few times this happened. So TNA a couple years ago started doing this um, at their Destination X pay per view. I think it was you, the X Division title holder, could cash in the championship for a shot at the heavyweight championship. Hmm. And so, like, le- leading up to that pay-per-view, it was a huge deal to get the X-Division title. Like, it raised the 
prestige of that title. Because then you could cash it in for that shot. Ooh, you know what? Kind of a capitalize on that because um they they're mentioning how they're going to be making all the pay-per-views now interbrand right well like we've been on point with fucking transitions tonight <laughs> no, that yeah go ahead <laughs> they're, getting, they're getting rid of single brand pay-per-views right yes so after fast lane in case mm-hmm. anyone hasn't heard this after fast lane all the people there's only going to be one pay-per-view a month thank fucking god right because you and I were literally just discussing minutes ago how we both didn't realize until this week that Elimination Chamber was on Sunday. Yeah. Although, actually, like, comparatively throughout the rest of the year, like, they've actually kind of stabilized right now. Because it's like, Royal Rumble was January. We got Elimination Chamber yes. this month. But, like, that's, that's, this last year has been insane. It's been, like, every two weeks. But then two weeks later, two weeks after Elimination Chamber is Fastlane. So that's going to feel like no time at all, right? <coughs> yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. Sorry. You okay there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just Please like, don't die on me. <laughs> my lungs just decided they wanted a little bit of water. <laughs> Got to tell them not to do that. But yeah, no, like, that turnover is like really fast. Because then I, yeah. I assume we have probably closer to six weeks or so between uh, Fastlane and WrestleMania. Yes, or, which or is not. that's breathing room, right? Like I like that there's a little bit more breathing room before WrestleMania, but yeah, yeah the turnover between those will be pretty quick. Um, anyway, what I was gonna say about the the going to the single brand pay per views because, like you said, after WrestleMania, everything's gonna be both brands, and with that happening, like there's just gonna be not enough room on a lot of these cards for some of the like a lot like the US title and intercontinental title are probably going to get it left off a lot of these pay-per-views either that or like those champions will not necessarily be defending their championships mm-hmm. you know what I mean just because it's like if every single one because like all right you got to have the WWE title match you got to have a universal title match you got to have tag title matches you got to have women's title matches like there's going to be so much shit on every single card that what if Say, for example, uh, a... Four weeks until... What is it? It's four weeks in between Fastlane and WrestleMania. Oh, okay, it's only four weeks. Well, I uh, yeah. they can still make that work, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway, like I was going to say, so that, like, a, a pay-per-view, for example, like, Night of Champions, maybe a cool idea they could do for something like that would be that, like, every single person who's a champion in the company, so, like, your tag champions, your cruiserweight champion, your United States champion, like, they all get a shot at the world titles. Mm. So it'd be like, you know, both world champions are, like, defending their titles in multiple man matches, and they're defending them against the other champions. I think that'd be kind of cool. In, like, a multi-man match, or... Yeah, so, like, say, for example, if we did exactly as they are right now. So, like, AJ Styles would have to defend the WWE title against the Usos and Bobby Roode. And then maybe on... In a fatal four-way. Yeah, in a fatal four-way. And then, like, over on Raw, you'd have to have uh, Brock Lesnar defend the title against uh, Cesaro, Sheamus, and The Miz. And maybe also... Well, I guess there's no Cruiserweight champion, so maybe just those guys. That'd be kind of cool. So then, yeah, like, leading up to that, like, that would change the prestige of those titles because it's like, hey, no matter which title you have, if you have one going into that 
the pay-per-view, you get a world title shot. And it's not like a trade in your title for the shot kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe they could work it either way. Like either you could trade them in or maybe it's just like that's just it for the night. Like you just you kind of put the title to the side and you're just competing for that other one. Mhm. Hmm. I don't know. I I think that's cool. It's kind of it would similar. Be. Yeah, I like there's so many other like interesting pay-per-view ideas that maybe they could come up with and I don't know, maybe this would take off some of that pressure cuz like I think Sometimes they freak out with like those pay per views that are like the SmackDown pay per views where they just have to have like Jinder Mahal fighting somebody, and it's like we don't have an idea. So yeah, that's called this backlash, I guess, because that's like a fighty word. Yeah, and uh... oh, they actually they actually came out with the list. I I can try to look it up while we're talking, Ooh. but of what pay per views they're actually going to keep mm-hmm. and which ones they're going to get rid of. <clears throat> but uh, I was just going to mention. I think it's going to cause for better quality of pay-per-views, right? Because now that each show won't get their own pay-per-view, they're going to have to push for the best performance on each show getting matches on the combined ones. That's true. I, I do feel like that is, I mean, it, it might come to a, I, I guess depending on how it plays out, it might be slightly more stale because there would be like more of the similar names on those cards. But at the same time, you know, theoretically each card should have all the best names on it, right? Because everybody's competing for those spots now. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe not. Maybe we aren't going to get the same names because, you know, more and more people maybe are going to be motivated by the idea that it's like, hey, look, like, I really do have to step up my game to be able to get on these pay-per-views at all. You know, maybe now you're going to even see more of that bigger distinction between, like, the pay-per-view guys and TV guys. Because, you know, there's already, like, a few. There's guys like Heath Slater that you don't really see on pay-per-view almost ever. Yeah. But, you know, now it's like, well, shit, you know, you might not see, uh, who'd be a good example right now? Uh, like... Jinder Mahal. Like Jinder Mahal. You might not see Jinder Mahal on pay-per-view, like, ever again. Thank God. Oh, wouldn't that be a blessing? Uh, another example here uh, coming up for the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view is we have Woken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt, which has been a horrendous build. Um, well, because there's been no fucking build. Like, they just... It's been the same promos every week. Yeah. So that's one of those matches that in these combined pay-per-views... <clears throat> sorry. Mm-hmm. That, like, they're not going to have room for because they need to fill a card with championships and main event stars from each brand yeah uh this is i can't believe that they've done almost nothing with this but like maybe they have so few ideas that they're trying to wait and it's like all right we had to wait until at least now because they have a match right now and i assume they're probably going to have to keep feuding until wrestlemania but maybe this is sort of the launching off point for like a new part of the story like maybe some of the broken universe people will come in or, like, maybe, you know, Wyatt's teaming up with the Bludgeon Brothers. Like, may- just something maybe is going to happen that adds a wrinkle to this. Because at this point, it's it's been nothing. Like, they just decided that they're feuding and they just keep laughing at each other. Yeah. So, hopefully something soon. Or, because, I because... mean, the other direction I think this could very interestingly go at some point is if they wanted to put these guys together as, like, a crazy man tag team, 
maybe like the weird way that this match ends is like instead of it actually ending in a pinfall, they like team up or something. Like they did at the um Rumble. Yeah, like maybe or maybe it'd be a situation where like they beat the shit out of each other enough and then eventually like they've just they're so exhausted and they just like like hug each other. And that's how the match ends is like they just decide to stop fighting. Jeff comes out and he's like, Peace, brothers. <laughs> Brother Nero, I knew you'd come. But then maybe mm. they would they would both turn on him. It would be a... Uh... Ooh, there you go. Here's a weird tag team match for you for WrestleMania. You got the newly made alliance of uh, Woken Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt versus uh, Jeff Hardy and Bo Dallas. Oh, God. <laughs> no. <laughs> nope. All right. That's not a uh, We'll throw that one out. That makes about as much sense as Jeff Jarrett going into the Hall of Fame. Oh, yeah. Like, really? T. That's double J for you. I mean... I guess since a guy like Coco Beware is in there, it's like... I love how he's always the example. <laughs> I think it's because the name is so ridiculous. Like, <laughs> like it's just funny how, like, it's not just you. Like, everyone I've ever heard argue about the Hall of Fame is just like, fucking Coco Beware is in there. Like, <laughs> Actually, you know what? That, that brings up an interesting discussion I want to have with you. Like, out of the guys on the main roster, who would you say, like, all right, if, like, yeah, who do you say are, is future Hall of Famers and who's not out of the current roster of guys? I mean, John Cena, guaranteed. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's without question. Uh, All three members of the Shield. Yeah. Well, well, here's a question on that one. Do you, would all three of them go in individually or does the Shield go in? Because I feel like I the, shield the Shield definitely shield... has a group. I think the shield goes in, and I think they highlight within that induction. They highlight the three as individuals. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, it, before they even came back, they're definitely going in the Hardy Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Here's a weird one. I don't, I don't think people would necessarily think of, but I think should go in. I think Zack Ryder should eventually go in the Hall of Fame because he really? was because he was the guy that like first figured out internet shit on the next level. You know what I mean? And yeah, some of the other guys I mean, really copied him. I think he would be one of those guys. I think like um I'm trying to think of some Cause, random cause he would have person a specific from... reason to be in the Hall of Fame is like he was like the first guy that really got over by himself on the internet. Well, we, you and I were discussing the, the structure of the Hall of Fame class, right? So you have the main eventer. For this year, it's Goldberg. For you have the next level down, which is the Dudley Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the woman. And then you have minority, usually have deceased. Like, those are the categories they try to fill. Like, Zach could be that just like, hey, we need to fill the class. Let's throw in Zach. And right. mm-hmm. that'll be, it'll be well after he's retired. Mm-hmm. And it'll be when you can kind of put on those rose tinted glasses of yeah, look how great his career was, and it'll just be the highlights of like him winning the inter- intercontinental title at the WrestleMania the one year, him winning the U.S. title, mm-hmm. 
in his hometown, like stuff like that. Right. So yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Um, I think probably the Miz. Was... Miz, at, at uh, Finn point, Balor. Yeah, Finn Balor might at some point. I could see that probably. Oh, AJ by far. AJ. I don't know why. Yeah. I didn't. Definitely. Randy. Yeah, Randy probably will. Um. See, uh, uh, women's side, of... probably all the four horsewomen, I would imagine. Yes, I would. It, Charlotte probably in the lead, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could see Natalia probably getting in there. Yeah, I mean, Beth got in, so yeah, yeah, that's a good point. If Beth got in, then why not Natalia, right? Especially because she's a heart, yeah. so she's a heart, and I the longevity of her career at this point. Mm-hmm. Ooh, you know what? Um, um, to jump back over to the men for a second, I think definitely New Day absolutely has to go in as a group. Mm, yeah. And I Just think individually, that. Kofi could maybe go in. Uh, I think also for like the Royal Rumble elimination legacy. Yeah. Like that and, and I would love to see uh, stuff and just his general. I think because I think he's had like good mid card runs. Like, and he could have been more. And I, w- I would want to see like Michael PSAs induct them. <laughs> purely for the fact yeah. of like the, the a guy from the former three-man group and now here's a new type of three-man group and right. also because um oh who was it from the hall of fame last year that was it they they called them the new gay at one point was it <laughs> the new gay i missed that <laughs> i forget who it was oh my gosh that's that's ridiculous um oh yeah let's see who else should go in the hall, or who do you else do you think will go in the Hall of Fame at some point? Those—they're all my definites. Um, you know what, the Usos. I bet the Usos will get in there now. Oh yeah, after this year. Uh, mm-hmm. This year, yeah. I was gonna say in previous years I would be like, nah. <laughs> mm-hmm. but they've definitely had uh, a legacy this year. Um, yeah. Who am I not thinking of? Oh, first. Uh, another transition, uh, Johnny Gargano. Ooh, man, that guy fucking deserves it. Jesus Christ. Like, you know, now, and he's just been in NXT. Like, that's the ridiculous right. part. He hasn't even done anything outside of NXT yet for WWE. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. Like, yet another fucking great match there with Almas and a fucking heart-wrenching end with Champa just coming out and ruining yeah. it. Hold on, let's, real quick, before we get to the end, though. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. Another match with Almas, and it was great. Mm-hmm. How many times have we complained about like matches on the main roster? Like, oh look, it's like for example on Raw this week, it was um, Sheamus and Cesaro versus uh, was the Titus Worldwide again? Yep. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, this match fucking again, like, kill me now. But hey, you know, at least at least with that story, similar to this one, they're. They're telling a story by not doing 50-50 booking. It just keeps being Titus. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the, the matches could be better. Oh, I mean, absolutely. Like, the match quality between uh, Titus Worldwide versus The Bar uh, compared to Gargano versus Almas is not... Like, <laughs> those are separate universes, uh, yeah. quite literally. But... Yeah, I, I like that. I di- you know because that's one thing I want to point out too that I think has been fucking amazing about this feud between Almas and Gargano. Gargano's lost every match, and it's yeah. still compelling as fuck. And we haven't gotten tired of it, 
Right. And when now, like, there's this, I mean, obviously now it's going to be separated for a while, but at some point, uh, I would love to circle back around to this on the main roster and have Gargano come back after Almas as the guy he could never beat. Yeah. Like, and what would you, what if he was like holding like the Intercontinental Championship at that point or something and like Almas debuts on the main roster and he's just like, I want to put my title on the line just to like beat you finally. Ooh, or you know what? To capitalize even further on what you're saying, because like if if Gargano has a title, and then Almas's debut onto the main roster could be, hey, I'm trying to make a name for myself. I want to win a title. Hey, Gargano, how many times have I kicked your ass? Like by principle, you should have to defend your title against me because like if you're holding it, I might as well be holding it because I'm, I, I'm the perpetual number one contender for every title you hold. Right, like I am the. Marty Skrull to your Will Ospreay, bitch. I always beat you. <laughs> I'm your villain. Like, that would be a is, sweet... Uh, mm. Is Almas going to challenge every uh, person so that no matter who he challenges, they have a championship? <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, if if, uh, if Johnny Gargano should ever win a title, I have to challenge every single person that challenges him. Just yeah. In case. Yeah, well, that's that's Just been he... the Marty Skrull strategy over here in Ring of Honor. Which is making me think and wonder: Do you uh, do you see the ROH title going to Marty Skrull in the future? Because I mean, this may be a way too early prediction, but maybe I think he could. I could see him being the guy that dethroned Dalton Castle. You? Oh, you really think so? Mm-hmm. I definitely could see Marty Skrull being the guy to dethrone Dalton Castle. Is it just because of his strategy? <laughs> well, the, the strategy that he, you know, is a good heel foil to the character. He's over as fuck. Um, the fact that, like, the way they're positioning right now, I feel like they're just planting seeds for a lot of storylines so that they can do more stuff with him and Jay Lethal if they wanted to. They can do more stuff with him and, um, uh, let's see, Punishment Martinez has been getting pretty heavily involved in the storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think like who the fuck else has been at this point. I guess those have been the more the main four right now, right? Stalton Castle, Marty Skrull, Jay Lethal, and uh, Punchman Martinez. Mm-hmm. But then Cody and Matt Taven, I guess, kind of have to get back into the mix a little bit. Maybe not Matt Taven, but Cody, I guess. I don't know. He's sort of in limbo right now, though. It's a crazy title picture. What do you think of it? You're right. It is a pretty crazy title picture. And, like, each person has a legitimate claim on it. Like, Punishment has just been dominating. Cody is the former champion. Marty is just being all-around successful in whatever he does. Jay Lethal's always a contender in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think, like, who who else would be a good challenger in there? Because I don't know. I'm still calling that. Yeah, that's fair. That's my really way too early prediction. I think it, it may not be super soon, but it might be within the next couple of months. I could see Marty Skrull taking the ROH title. 
away from Mr. Dalton. I, I see Cody taking it back. Really? Because Arwish doesn't have yeah. that many two-time champions. No. I think it's only one, actually. Or did Adam win it twice? I know Jay Briscoe won it twice. Mm-hmm. Because here's the other thing I'm thinking about in that in relation to that, and maybe why, at least in my opinion, I think why he might not, is that I think so much of that has to depend on like where in the fuck are they going with Bullet Club? Because right now they're still in this giant state of limbo of like Bullet Club is fine, Bullet Club is not fine. Like they're feuding between Kenny and Cody for power, but then like Tomatonga is also kind of doing his own thing to maybe split off and do his own group. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe the way this plays out would be like, you know, Kenny and the Young Bucks split off because I think they recently did a thing I remember seeing where, um, you know, Young Bucks like in the ring, it was like a big public thing was like, you know, Bullet Club's not fine without Kenny. And then they kind of left to go be with Kenny, it seemed like. So you could have like Kenny and the Bucks. You could have like Cody, maybe still with Marty Skrull and Adam Page. And then you could have like the other Bullet Club guys kind of like go off and do their own like you know, the Gorillas of Destiny, Bullet Club OG group. Like, it could just kind of totally splinter. And maybe there is no central one Bullet Club anymore. It's like the NWO and the NWO Wolfpack. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about that, now, like, because if you... I'm trying to remember, with, like, Cody and Marty, weren't they calling themselves the Allied Powers at one point? Or did they have another name for themselves? Uh... I think it was the Allied Powers, yeah. Because, yeah, like, you could split off and have, like, so if Bullet Club completely fractures, then you could have, like, the Elite, you could have the Allied Powers, and you could have the Gorillas of Destiny. And then just Bullet Club is history, as it were. And I, I wonder if that wouldn't be the smarter way to go. Because, like, on some level, like, in wrestling, and with being such a huge Shawn Michaels mark, I think you'll agree. You kind of always want to leave the audience wanting a little bit more, right? Oh, yeah. You don't put everything out there all at once. Right. And it's like, if they keep Bullet Club going, like, I just... I, mean, I don't know how many ideas they have. Maybe they've got a shitload of ideas. But if not, maybe it would be better to still end Bullet Club while it's still something that people like and think is interesting. Instead of running it so long that then people are out of it. You know what I mean? You don't. You don't want the career to become like undertakers where it's like, all right, we don't want to see this shit anymore. Like just retire, be done. You know, we don't want bullet club to become this thing that we're tired of and we don't want to see anymore. So maybe it'd be better to kind of like end it and split it while it's still hot. Yeah. You never want to, cause you never want to go past your prime, right? Right. You never want to go too far past the prime. You want to get just into your start to decline, I guess. And then, because if you're never declining, then, you know, why would you end it? Yeah. But, yeah, I don't know. That's that's kind of my thought on it. I think it would be very interesting. Especially because mm-hmm. then you, you'd have so many storylines of, like, the infighting that you could do of those remaining groups. And then those groups then just going and doing their own thing. I don't know. What do you think? I think it's time for something like a shake-up. Like, I think the... Omega split has already brought enough attention uh, back to the Bullet Club, so mm-hmm. that's been great. Totally. Although, 
just to really quickly devil's advocate on it, because New Japan mm. is so focused on trying to expand in America right now, maybe they'd be really focused on, like, we can't get rid of Bullet Club because Bullet Club would be so essential to that expansion. So mm. that could be a devil's advocate for why to definitely keep Bullet Club, maybe still definitely have Kenny kind of leave and start to do his own thing, but then have, like, Cody take over, for example. So there's my devil's advocate for that one. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, oh, I looked it up. Adam Cole has held held the ROH Championship three times, and Ooh, Jay yeah. Briscoe twice, and everyone else one time. Okay. Wow, Adam Cole three time champion. Yeah. The one time I think was not planned because that was when. Um, Like Kyle O'Reilly was signed mm-hmm. to WWE, so he had to drop the title. Gotcha. So, so he had been, he, he was feuding with Adam, so they had just dropped it back to him. Mm-hmm. I see. Although, speaking uh, of crowning of champions and things like that, they, they did officially release the bracket for the Cruiserweight title tournament. And I, uh, yes. I wanted to get a predic- uh, quick prediction with you and see what you think is going to happen here. Uh, I have the bracket written down. Do you okay. see it, or if not, I can just give you the information. It's easy. I can try looking it up real quick. Too. All right. So on one half of the bracket, we've got uh, in the one of the next matches, we have TJP versus Cedric Alexander, and the other one on that half of the bracket is uh, Roderick Strong versus Kalisto. So what do you think about those two? Uh, can you repeat though? Oh, here I have it. You got it? Yes. All right, so you said uh, Cedric Alexander and TJP going up against mm-hmm. the winner of Rod Strong and Kalisto. I think I think Roddy takes it from Kalisto. Yeah, I'm definitely with you on that. I think Roderick Strong absolutely beats Kalisto. Uh, TJP, Cedric is a tough one. It's, um, that's really fucking tough, but, actually. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Cedric, though, he's had a little bit more of the upside mm-hmm. than TJP lately. And I think TJP mm-hmm. losing kind of gives him more. That's true. I'm with you there, and I'll explain even more so why once we get to the finals. <laughs> okay. Uh, over on the other side, uh, Mustafa Ali versus Buddy Murphy. I'm going to give it to Bur- Buddy because Mustafa's done nothing. Buddy at least is a fresh face and could give him something. Ooh, I disagree. Uh, I think Ali's got this one. Okay. Uh, after Drew after that Gulak. crazy match they had with uh, Cedric lately, and then he... I feel like he had a good match with Gallagher. Crowd's starting to get into that. Yeah, but... Like, good matches is one thing. Character is another. True. Um, Drew Gulak and Mandrews. Um, Gulak, I guess? I think so, too. I think yeah, Gulak's been a more important central character on the show. Yeah. And especially because then that, if in uh, in my booking where Ali wins, then that sets up in the next round, you would have Ali versus Gulak. And that's like a call mm. back to like when Gulak was first starting to do this character. Like yeah. Ali was the first guy that he went up against with the no fly zone. Uh, I think in the end, the Z- Cedric takes it. So you think Cedric goes over strong? Yeah. 
And I agree on that one. I think Cedric goes into the finals. And then I think you've got Gulak and, in my opinion, Gulak and Murphy Mm -hmm. with Gulak taking that. And then I think Cedric and Gulak in the finals. Mm -hmm. I could see that maybe. Although I am pitching, I think what might happen is because I think I think they really fell in love with that match that they had between Cedric and Ali that the crowd really got down for. And I think they just said, you know what? That's going to be the match in the finals. So then Ali will go over Gulak again in the semifinals. So then you have Cedric versus Ali in the finals. And I think this time Ali would actually win. And I don't know if this would accompany like an idea for a heel turn or something because they need to give this guy some sort of character. Maybe he could kind of like cheat Cedric in the finals. I don't know, something. Because the last time they fought, Cedric won, I believe. So then I feel like... Or though, or though maybe Cedric could win, and then Ali's just like the jealous guy who could never beat Cedric, and he's always chasing him. And turns heel. Maybe that would be a better story than having Ali win. I don't know, hard to say. But I feel mm. like I feel like those are the two finalists. I think they're trying to recreate that match. That's my guess. Yeah. We shall see. Unless the bruiserweight comes in and just beats the shit out of all of them and he's like, hey, you know what? I'm under I'm technically two hundred and five pounds. <laughs> so I'll take that title. Thank you very much. All right. Uh, um, should we close also, out? Also, yes. Some... Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was gonna say, uh, what do we think of Buddy Murphy so far on two oh five live? Um he physically looks better because he's cut all the fat. Yeah. But uh, past that, he's still Buddy Murphy. Yeah. We'll see if they give him a, more of a character in the coming weeks. I don't know. I guess it just it concerns me because I feel like they should have shown off that character already, like either in vignettes, vignettes or something. Because like they did that weigh-in thing with him a couple different times. I think the weigh-in thing might be his character so far. Maybe just being the guy who's like, well, he's not really a cruiserweight, but he cut weight to become one. Yeah. And it's, it's always a challenge and an obstacle for him. But like, I mean, they didn't play it up that much, but like, wasn't that part of Cedric's story when he came in? Yeah. But just for like a week, right? Yeah. They dropped that shit real quick. They, they've at least like brought this up multiple times. So mm-hmm. that's what makes me think they might be going with it. Um, I think I Let's, think they're gonna have to turn him heel. Actually, I think he would be better as a heel. I think so because I mean, like he looks like a douchebag. So, well, that and to like to take advantage of his size. Yeah, yeah, you know, he can kind of he's do bigger that. than a lot of these. Exactly, he can play the power sort of thing, and especially with that weigh-in thing, like maybe from time to time he could be sort of pushing the two hundred five limit. Yeah, like he oh oh that would be great because there's been like MMA fighters recently mm-hmm. that have tried to like cheat the weigh-in. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's like, hey, whatever, I can had... in like before the show, but then I can put on weight after that. Yeah, well, not only that, like, so some of them have had to do, uh, like, they get weighed naked, so they're even taking off like the mm. shorts they're wearing in order to like drop the weight even more. Sneaky, sneaky. Yeah, I mean, it's legal. Yeah, you know, in what? terms of fight rules, that would actually be really smart, I think, because at least that's something that would be a good foundation for a character. And it's and it's relevant, right? Like it's happening in the UFC, so mm-hmm. totally. And there's there's even speculation. So I forget who it was that had to do that to weigh in, 
But then people are like, oh, did you see? Like, so you have trainers holding a towel in front of the scale so that you don't see a full-on naked man during the lions. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were saying, like, did you see? He was, like, pushing up on the towel, like, that they were holding it. His trainers were holding it, and then he was pushing up to, like, relieve even more weight on the scale. <laughs> That's fucking genius. They could do so many things with that. Like, you could even do yeah. a segment with, like, he's, like, fucking with the scales beforehand. Yeah. You know, and then it's like you cut to like where he's there and it's like, oh, wow, look at that. Hey, Buddy Murphy, you're down to 190. Look at that. Like the official, the official is just looking at the scale and like he's reaching above and like holding onto a bar above him and like slightly lifting up so that it's. <laughs> yep. Oh my gosh. You could do so much shit with that. Yeah. That's smart. I like it. Uh-huh. So that's, uh, that's. Yeah, because he could be the heel on two levels then. Because he's being a heel because he's cheating the system and being a dick. But then he's also using that advantage to just be a giant monster and manipulate people in the ring. Exactly. Uh, So that's heel behavior. Is Daniel Bryan a heel? Is our question after this week. I mean, you have to be to support Jinder Mahal, right? Like, there's no logical excuse. (laughs) Well, you could also be, you could also just be a giant idiot, so. Well, especially because, like, all right, so Daniel Bryan was the guy behind the whole fucking top 10 list thingy, right? Yeah, and they've only done that for, like, a week. Right, so they bring that thing into order, and then apparently you need Challenger for a title, right? So why not just use yeah. the system that you fucking invented exactly for that fucking reason? Because he said that it was supposed to impact matches, right? Yeah. So why not choose Randy Orton or Ty Dillinger, who were both on that list, instead of Jinder Mahal, who's not? Or one of the guys from New Day, or one of the Usos, or, like, just anybody who's on the fucking list. I don't know. And then the you fact just that, made the list. <laughs> you just made the list. But the list is, but yeah, just like with whose line, this list doesn't matter. Apparently, <laughs> the list only matters to two people. It matters to Jinder Mahal because he was trying to fuck with Bobby Roode about it, and to Randy Orton, who legitimately actually gives a fuck because he's mad <laughs> about being number nine. <laughs> I'm like, way higher than number nine. Oh. Well, because like you know what, when they when they had him come out and react to that, that was the, the the one thing that gave me a glimmer of hope, and I was like, oh well, shit, maybe they're actually gonna use this. But a main eventer cares, right? A main eventer cares, and it made sense in a way that you know made sense because like Randy Orton's the guy who consistently on that show has like won the most world titles and has been there the longest, but yet he's like you know towards the bottom of the list. So it's kind of like a call to action of like, oh shit, I need to get my shit together. My legacy mm-hmm. isn't enough. Ha <laughs> ha. <laughs> legacy. <laughs> See what we did there. Uh, and then we also had an interesting interaction between Sammy and Kevin this week. It was very small, but mm-hmm. kind of questionable. Sammy saying that he would lay down for Kevin. And you know what? Actually, I was thinking about this. It because, like, you know, you could go the route of, like, oh, well, it's all a ruse and, you know, he's being even more heelish by lying to Kevin. But wouldn't it actually be an even more giant heel thing and consistent with his character, too, for him to not be lying and for him to just straight up do it? Like, I don't think they should actually Because they would through... be fighting the power of, like, Shane more. Well, right. They're, they're fighting the power of Shane even more. But then also, like, it makes sense with his character of, like, like he's laying down. 
and like he's trying to do the right thing and like that would even piss people off even like i don't think they should do this because like they need to do that styles and nakamura match but like if this weren't happening right now like and they could give it to kevin owens right now this would be so perfect if kevin owens got the title because Sami Zayn just gave it to him because then it, it would, would just, be like, very heelish mm-hmm that would just crap on like everybody and everything and the title and everything oh like it'd be like Naito-esque of just like throwing the title around. <laughs> that would be some. I would love that. I think they could do some wild shit with that, and maybe they will uh, this next year. Like after you know, Styles and Nakamura has cooled down a little bit, maybe Kevin Owens and Zayn can get in there. I don't know. What do you think? I mean, that would be the the best thing, right? Right, because I think it would garner a big heel reaction, and it's actually consistent with his character. And, like, uniquely consistent, because I don't think that many other heels could do that and make it make sense. That That's actually really true. I hadn't thought about it that way. Because, like, even, even in that relationship inverse, would it make sense for Kevin Owens to lay down for Sami Zayn? Yeah. Like, it wouldn't, right? Like Sami Zayn, like it's it's really weird because it's actually a great character. They've stumbled upon a really great character, <laughs> but I don't think they've realized it yet. I I don't know. I think somebody has to realize it on some level, but maybe just not enough, <laughs> or it's or maybe it's just the wrong timing. That's the that's the thing. It's it's they found it out too late in the year to make it work into their WrestleMania plans. <laughs> I don't know. I'm excited to see what they do more with Sami Zayn heel because like they, like how are they not gonna at some point give this guy a title or something as a heel? Like, I can't believe he's so good as a heel. I know we've said it a million times, but I still can't believe it. He was, he, I thought he was the Ricky Steamboat. He was the ultimate babyface, and I still think he is kind of, but <laughs> he's also a really damn good heel. Uh, and so we actually don't think Sammy and Kevin are breaking up, but are, uh, is Apollo Crews leaving Titus Worldwide? I think, so we, we talked about this a little bit before the show, and I think you've convinced me that Mixed Match Challenge so far has never impacted anything outside of it. Yes. So I think that him kind of walking out with Nia was just, I don't know. I think Apollo was just kind of smiling and being goofy. And just uh, decided to leave. And he was like, ah, oh, you got punked. Whatever. Later, guys. <laughs> and I guess maybe to show solidarity with his tag team partner. Because I assume that I think everybody's still left with their tag team partner even after they left. Like, even after they've lost. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I guess just following pattern. But, yeah. I feel like that'd be a disaster if he just decided to strike out on his own again right now. Because uh, I feel like Titus Worldwide started yeah. to get something. Really? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I think that Apollo's always had all the tools. And he's starting to get there a little bit. I think at some point it would be really great to, like, for example, have, um, like, here's a storyline pitch. Have Apollo get to a point where Dana Brooke uh, shows him using her math in the statistician. Statistician. That, 
as the statistician, she shows that Apollo Crews is actually like a way better superstar than Titus O'Neil, and that Titus is actually holding him back, and then he could do better without him. And then Titus is like, shut that shit up. Like, you're wrong. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like, don't listen to her. And then eventually, you know, Apollo, we have to be like, no, like, he, she's right. And then, you know, maybe uh, Dana and Apollo could, like, break off and do their own thing without Titus and then still kind of run this gimmick of that he he's almost like this perfect superstar robot man. And she's the one who's constantly calculating how to make him optimal. Because I think ultimately you don't need Titus in that dynamic. And, like, I don't know. I just, I think it's fucking funny. <laughs> I love the Apollo Crews is secretly a robot. Like, <laughs> that's my character for him right now. And it, it works so well because he smiles so much and he smiles like almost so artificially that he'd be like the perfect kind of robot guy. I'm just like, oh, hello, I am Apollo. Nice to meet you. <laughs> I don't know. That would actually be really funny. And then if he like starts... Oh my gosh, then he could even, he could start like malfunctioning sometimes in matches. And then Dana Brooke has to come in there and fix him. <laughs> she has like oil and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, she pours, she pours some oil or like some baby oil at least on his, uh, like his elbows and his knees, all of his joints and stuff like that to like restart him up. And it's like, hold on, guys, I'm recalculating. I got to figure out how to fix Apollo. Because <laughs> especially like Apollo is like a greek god name so that'd be like a good kind of like name to give to a robot right is this like perfect being he's like designed after a god like his shape is so perfect look at him he could his vertical leap is insane but also he's so powerful that he could pick up anybody like that's apollo god of the sun i don't like i don't know i think you just get real ridiculous with it you could that's also kind of funny yeah Like, we've calculated Apollo to be the most perfect superstar of all time. And he's black, so he's diverse. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> he's perfect. Look at his smile. His, his smile is perfectly symmetrical. We've calculated it so that there's the exact number of tooth exposure on each side and that his teeth are perfectly white. We've calculated it to be the exact perfect shade of white. <laughs> Like, that's sort of, like, you could do almost like those, uh, remember with, like, Cody Rhodes when he was doing, like, the beauty tips? You could do, like, oh, those, right. like workout tips, like, Apollo's like, I'm going to show you guys how to do the perfect bicep curl. You have to get the dumbbell and do it just like this. See? Watch. Like, oh, my God. You could do so much with Robot Apollo. That's just hilarious. <laughs> and you don't need Titus O'Neil, but Titus O'Neil could be, like, a really good barker. Because, like, you still have Dana as the scientist and the calculator, but then Titus O'Neil is just, like, selling Apollo as, like, a product. Mm-hmm. It's like, you call right now. Man, Apollo will come down there. We could have the match. He could win any title at any time. Man, you need a tag team partner? Call Titus Worldwide. We'll get Apollo to come down to the ring. Like, I don't know. You- 1-800-PARTNER. <laughs> you want to sponsor the greatest superstar of all time? Doritos? We'll get a big old Dorito right on Apollo's ass. <laughs> It'd be perfect. You ever seen a more perfect ass in the whole world? It is calculated to have the perfect shape. <laughs> to have your logo. <laughs> you gotta have a wide space. I'm just like, thinking of uh 
Oh my god. Um, what should we call it? Tal- Talladega Nights when Will Ferrell's character has like the Fig Newtons ad on his windshield. <laughs> Man, I can't see around this Fig Newtons <laughs> sign, but they sure are good. Oh my gosh. Yes. Oh my gosh, that'd be fucking hilarious. Alright, ready to uh, run down this Elimination Chamber card? Yes, I'm ready to put the title on the line for some Elimination Chamber predictions. Alright, so we got uh, Woken Matt Hardy versus Bray Wyatt. Hmm. I think Bray won last time, right? I can't even or did fucking Matt? remember. When did they, did they just like fight on Raw? Yeah, at the 25th anniversary. Fuck. Did their match get interrupted? Did was there a clean win? No, there was a clean win. I'm pretty sure. Huh. Ah, this is a pick 'em if there ever was one, right? Yeah, I'm gonna go with fuck it, Matt Hardy. I am too. I'm trusting you in saying that Wyatt won last time, so then Matt's got to get the the win here. Mm-hmm. All right, so Hardy versus Wyatt. We're both going Matt. That's fair. What else we got? Uh, we have uh, Asuka versus Nia Jax. Uh, it's a singles match. If Jax wins, she will be added to Asuka's championship match at WrestleMania 34. Hmm. Well, I think she's still going to get that match. I don't think it's going to be because of this. I think Asuka's winning here. Ooh, interesting. Do you think Nia's going to win? No, it's just an interesting uh, setup because, yeah, I it didn't click to me for like a second that it's Asuka and Nia Jax. Like two people they're trying to protect, so. But you're right, they're trying to protect Asuka more, so Asuka gets the win. Yeah, no way. She cannot drop the undefeated streak to Nia here. That would be so yeah. anticlimactic. Uh, then we have the women's elimination chamber match: Alexa Bliss versus Bailey versus Mandy Rose versus Mickey James versus Sasha Banks versus Sonya Deville. Hmm. I. My heart has a totally different answer than my head. My uh, head shoot says both out at us. My head says Alexa Bliss just retains. Uh huh. Which is probably what happens, but. My heart really wants an insane booking thing to happen. My heart wants Nia Jax to lose to Asuka earlier in the night. And then she is fucking pissed. And then she kills Mickey James. Takes her spot in the Elimination Chamber match. Kills everybody. And wins a title. In the Elimination Chamber match. Huh. I want this to be the super Nia Jax coming out party of just fuck everything and everybody. So she loses, she loses to Asuka and then is so pissed that she attacks someone and gets in somehow. Yep, gets in and then wins the damn chamber match. Like, maybe not eliminates every single person, but she wins the match and eliminates at, like at least half of the girls. That's... I don't know. I'm going to go ahead and do that right now, but I'm reserving judgment to potentially go back and change my mind to Bliss. Uh, 
Because I'm going to say Bliss as well. And then my alternate choice is going to be Sasha turns on Bailey and ends up winning the match. Ooh. So, do we want to have a gentleman's agreement to both not go with our heads and both go with our hearts on this one? That I, I go with so. and you go both Sasha? Yeah. All right. All right. Agreed. Damn, that's intense. Okay, what else we got on this card? Uh, then we have our main event. There's only four matches on this card. Um, what? Uh, so there's four matches. Well, you gotta that's remember, it's two Elimination Chambers matches. Yeah, but they had two fucking Royal Rumble matches, and they still had fucking, like, three undercard matches, I think, didn't they? But the Royal Rumble, the Royal Rumble's the longer pay-per-view. The Royal Rumble's four hours. This is only gonna be three. True. You know yeah. what? They'll probably throw in and a they, bag match. They also, and they also have the uh, Ronda Rousey signing. Oh, yeah, that's true. They're doing that stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> but for, for match, though, the final match is the men's elimination chamber match. Seven men, Braun Strowman, Elias, Finn Balor, John Cena, Roman Reigns, Seth Rollins, and The Miz. Hmm. I have a similar problem, although at least... At least in this one, my heart and my head answers are both in the match. Instead of Naya, who's not even in the match. <laughs> so what's your heart and your head saying this time? My head says Roman's winning. Because, I mean, of course he's winning, right? That's My head is saying the same thing. But my heart just... It's like, they have to know that Braun Strowman is the smart choice. Like, they... <sighs> Joe, are they going to be dumb enough to just make Roman Reigns win and then fight Brock Lesnar and then just beat Brock Lesnar. I think, I think their minds are changing. I mean, think about it. Um, Reigns just hasn't been the same Reigns of when they were super pushing him, right? Or am I just looking through rose-tinted glasses? Meaning, like, they're not treating him exactly the same? Yeah. Like, when they were super pushing him down our throats. Mm-hmm. It was not the same as this. I mean, it's this true. seems like, like they're yeah. really favoring other people. Yeah, I mean they they gave him like the intercontinental title built for a little bit, but like even when he had that, he wasn't completely squashing everybody. And then they like he dropped it pretty cleanly back to the Miz, and like they've been letting oh, Strowman get a lot finish, of yeah. attention. Like, I. Th- yeah, I mean, I think if they're smart, I think that this year really showed and realized that they don't need to have Reigns be the guy. Yeah. Like, Reigns I mean, can they had still Seth be a guy him. in the company, and he could still do good stuff, but he does not have to be the top babyface. Yeah. Which is all the fans ever wanted. Yeah. Just, just don't make him what he's not. And it's not even yeah. that, like... Because if they did the shit correctly and turned him heel a long time ago, he might have become so badass that everybody might have been demanding that he be the top babyface by now. Like, mm-hmm. that's very distinctly possible. Like, if if a couple of years ago, if they had not fucking crapped on this shit so bad, like, they might have turned, they might have made him badass enough that he was actually what they wanted him to be. But, yeah. I don't know. At this point, it's been too sour for too long. I think they gotta be smart enough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be ballsy, because, uh, I mean... We're doing. We're being ballsy already with this, right? I'm gonna go Strowman. Yeah. I'm gonna go Strowman too. 
<laughs> because my only other option is Rollins, and I don't think it's going to be him. So, no, definitely not. Cena is Cena is another option, but I think they're going with him not getting what he wants for WrestleMania. Well, I've been hearing kind of the rumor a little bit, or the thought process that maybe Undertaker is going to show up and. Well, I guess Undertaker could cost Cena the match. Uh, oh. The the only thought that I'd had earlier when uh, I'd heard this idea pitched that made me a little bit happy when I thought about it was what if they made the match career versus career? Because at least that way, someone's done after this shit. Somebody, like, definitively done. Because then you get either one of two very interesting things. Either Undertaker's finally done, and that's it. Thank God we're done. Or you get a huge plot twist in John Cena being, like, cut down. Because wouldn't that be insane if they changed their mind and they were like, you know what, we're going to make a career versus career, but then Cena loses, and that's it. John Cena's done. I mean, it would be interesting. I mean, it would be a colossal waste because there's a lot of other guys I think that Cena should put over before he leaves. But it would be interesting. It would. In All a right. If it, in a different type of TV show, it would be a really good plot twist. <laughs> if only WWE was like our good TV shows. Well, it's just that it's, I think it's because it's a wrestling show. Because Cena needs to put yeah. over some guys. He's He's buried so many guys. He needs to he needs to go on his back for a while. Yeah. All right. So I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, look for our Elimination Chamber review next week. And along with the usual shows, uh, check us out on social media. Super Smart Brothers on Facebook, at Smart Brothers on Twitter, supersmartbrothers at gmail.com to shoot us some questions. And rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. Yeah, anywhere that's fucking cool. Peace out, everybody. Enjoy Elimination Chamber. <laughs>